morning, everybody. It's the Upfront Program. A little bit different this morning. Sorry, no telephone calls today. I've got eight pages ready to go, and I've got to get started right away if I'm going to get them all in. First of all, I'm going to start off on page one, and I'm going to try to work my way to page eight. President Biden has proposed a $1.9 trillion in additional COVID-19 spending. Well, that sounds great as you hear the headline. He's asking Congress to authorize another round of checks, more expanded unemployment benefits, a $15 minimum wage. Looks like that's gone by the wayside, but much, much more that you haven't heard about. So over the weekend, House Democrats finally released the text. The bill is nearly 600 pages long, and it's meant to make Biden's broad COVID proposals a legislative reality. Now, the bill is going to head for the Senate, and critics and economists have already attacked the proposal on the merits of its main provisions and staggering overall cost, arguing it would break the budget, incentivize unemployment, fail to stimulate the economy. However, here's a much simpler objection to this legislative bonanza. It's full of unrelated pork and political priorities. And here are just 10 crazy examples of waste and partisan kickbacks that have nothing to do with COVID-19, but are in this bill that has to pass the Senate. And it might. A billion dollars for racial justice for farmers. $1.9 trillion coronavirus stimulus package has a billion dollars toward socially disadvantaged farmers and related groups. Are you serious? Number two, $50 million for environmental justice grants. This legislation allows these grants via the Environmental Protection Agency. You can imagine what that's going to do to people trying to get something done. Number three, $112 million for a California transit project. Oh, remember this one? The Bay Area Rapid Transit Expansion Program would largely, largely go to a specific underground rail project in Silicon Valley, which has been in the planning stage for several years, but has not yet even broken ground. Did I, did I give you the amount again? It's $112 million. Number four, $10 million for Native American language preservation. You know how many people are speaking Native American Indian these days, don't you? Number five, $200 million for museum and library services. Under this bill, the Institute of Museum and Library Services, did you even know there was such a thing, would be allocated $200 million of your taxpayer money. Number six, $750 million for global health. One might expect that Congress uh, would focus on this. But, you know, health problems around the world, frankly, are none of our business. Yet, this new legislation, if passed, would give $750 million of your dollars to the Center for Disease Control to spend on what? Global health problems and vaccination efforts where? In other countries, not the USA. Number seven, $750 million for Native American housing. Isn't that sweet? <sighs> Number eight, expansion of Obamacare subsidies. Now, if it isn't bad enough now, this would expand Obamacare. Number nine, billions for public schools, whether they reopen or not. The behemoth legislation doles out $129 billion for K-12 through schools, ostensibly marked for helping them reopen. But it's actually just a handout for teachers' unions and public schools. They get the money regardless of whether they reopen or not. Number 10, countless pet projects. And law, powerful lawmakers, there are so many in this bill to count, but one glaring example of corruption and cronyism peppered throughout this bill comes courtesy of the $1.5 million that it allocates for the Seaway International Bridge. 
That bridge would connect New York to Canada and is a priority for guess who? Chuck Schumer. Courtesy of the Wall Street Journal, by the way. So I just wanted you to know what was in that 600-page bill because I doubt that you've read a single page of it. I find it amazing how the mainstream media can beat on Texas and the recent power failures there due to winter. So much for global warming, by the way. But I bet you did not know that a similar situation was happening, guess where? In Oregon, where there were four storm-related deaths. You didn't even hear about it, right? 15% of the state lost its electric power, affecting 600,000 homes, and road conditions were treacherous from the same storm. Yet, all you heard about was Texas. Why? Texas has a Republican governor. Oregon has a Democrat running the show up there. <laughs> That's the reason. <sighs> I reluctantly share this from Germany. Whistleblowers in Germany say 8 out of 31 residents in German care facility, 26%, died after taking the Pfizer vaccine. Video footage showing residents being held down and vaccinated against their wish. My source, 1791times.com. Believe me, I share that information reluctantly with you. Vote tomorrow on seven different questions here in Rhode Island that would allow the Ocean State to borrow some $400 million for various pet projects. I vote no on all of them. How about you? By the way, when you add the interest to that borrowing, it comes up to $642 million, if you read the story on the front page of today's call. Did you know that health officials in the government run UK Health System, that's England for you folks that don't know what the UK is, after reviewing 685,243 samples tested at their laboratories since the first week of January, that's a significant tested sample, not a single flu infection was discovered. Can you imagine that? Scientists claim in the UK that's because people are wearing masks and not spreading flu germs. <laughs> oh, that came from whatfinger.com. Investigations following the Texas power failures last month reveal that wind turbine failures knocked out nearly half of the wind power generating capacity of the state of Texas. As that massive deep freeze across the Lone Star State locked up wind turbine generators creating an electricity generation crisis. The Chinese made wind turbines froze up and they simply stopped turning. So... The only state in the Union with its own power grid turned to natural gas, which was unable to meet the demand. <laughs> and you say, well, why not? We have a similar system here in Rhode Island. There's a, there's a gas plant over in Blackstone that comes on every time it's needed. The Texas disaster is your first look at how the Biden administration's Green New Deal is a complete failure before they even get it going, with Democrat efforts to erase fossil fuel from American use. And it's also been revealed that Biden's Department of Energy turned down Governor Abbott's request to temporarily void the federal mandate that Texas fossil fuel plants must run at no more than 60% efficiency. Why? So as to allow wind and turbines and solar to have a ready market for what they produce. But of course, when they weren't producing, Texas wanted to ramp up the uh, plants that use fossil fuel. Guess what? Biden's Department of Energy said, no, you can't do it. You still got to run at 60 percent. And now you know the rest of the story. On Saturday morning, we learned that Joe Biden was in Texas. He was in Dallas with Dr. Jill, his wife. But only Newsmax TV showed us how badly Joe gaffed his public appearance, where he said the following, quote, what am I doing here? He also told Texas, I could be known as president. <laughs> really? 
I would be the end, the president who end during his era ended cancer as we know it. And then he coughed. Biden ending cancer as we know it. That's what he said. You can watch his awful comments at only one place that I found it, thegatewaypundit.com. Looks like one of my news sources has caught Joe Biden in yet another lie. First, I want to remind you that the figure he was using, 500,000 plus deaths due to COVID-19, the Chinese flu, has been contradicted by the World Health Organization, as we reported three weeks ago on this station, who overstated the number of COVID-19 deaths by 30%. The CDC also has revised its COVID-19 death numbers. They did that in January. Why? Well, that's when Joe Biden was inaugurated. It was, in fact, chopped all the way down to 9,210. And the CDC said the remainder died from other causes. Of course, we knew that if you're a regular listener of this station and this program particularly. Another estimate is... 30,155. That's from uh, somebody else, but neither corrected estimate comes anywhere else close to what is being bandied about by the mainstream media. I saw it on TV this morning again. So Biden indeed has been caught in another big lie. Where do you hear this one? He claims we had more deaths from COVID than World War I, World War II, and Vietnam wars combined. And by the way, that's also not true. Despite evidence showing that the China virus is not even close to the mortality rates of the Spanish flu and other diseases and other pandemics through history, the Democrats and Joe Biden continue to promote the fallacy that this coronavirus coronavirus was so bad that American rights needed to be removed by your governments. But that wasn't enough. Biden slurred his way through this claim. During a press conference last week, he said, quote, now listen closely. Today, we mark a truly grim, heartbreaking milestone. 571,000 dead. That's more Americans who died in one year from this pandemic than died in World War I, World War II, and the Vietnam Wars combined. The problem is, folks, that's not true. According to Wikipedia, the U.S. lost 116,516 Americans in World War I. 405, 399 tragically died in World War II. And 58,209 died in the Vietnam War. But if you do the math, that total is 580,000 Americans. So, (laughs) Biden once again is telling you another fib. And... Finally, before we take our first break, this is directed to my longtime friend, John Chan, a man who collected a $500,000 Powerball prize in North Carolina, said his lucky lottery numbers came from an unusual source, a fortune cut cookie. Ernesto Soranzo of Estero, Florida, told the North Carolina education lottery officials that The Powerball ticket that he bought from the 7-Eleven store in Hunterville, North Carolina, bore a set of numbers that he carefully copied from a fortune cookie that came with his recent Chinese takeout. By the way, John Chen gave me a fortune cookie when I attended the Led Zeppelin tribute a couple of Saturdays ago at Chen's. Maybe I should have played the number that was on that little white slip of paper that was inside. You're listening to the Upfront Program. My name is Dick Bouchard. No calls today, please. I'm only on page two. Thank you. Bakery and Dairy Farm announces, while we have paused in-store shopping for now, we have curbside pickup daily during our regular business hours, Monday through Saturday, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Sundays, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Milk, Cream, eggs, cheese, bread, ice cream, cakes, and more than 70 of your favorite bakery items are available every day for pickup. There are three ways to order. One by phone, call the farm at 401-767-3014, extension 4. 
to place your order, pay by credit card, and select a pickup day and time. Two, on-site. Order from your car, online or over the phone. Wait in your vehicle while our team in real time fills your order. Wait times may vary. And number three, to view our current menu and place an order online or to view frequently asked questions, go to rightsdairyfarm.com. Stay safe while we work through these unusual times. This message from Wright's Bakery and Dairy Farm, North Smithfield. Just when the holidays are over and I think there's nothing more to think about financially. But then February and March always get me thinking about how i got to get my taxes done, get my finances organized, my receipts, my deductions. And I don't just want to walk into one of those stores because that seems not very personal. So I start thinking about getting my tax return done by a CPA. Just saying it makes me feel better. They have all those years of experience. Most have a master's in finance or accounting. That's the kind of knowledge I need for my taxes. Yes, I'm going to a CPA this year. That makes me feel a whole lot more relaxed. With a CPA, you get a professional with a higher education, more years of training, and a greater breadth of knowledge than the rest of the pack. This tax season, don't trust your finances to anyone less. Hire the best. A CPA. Few prepare as rigorously. Brought to you by Care Kasha, certified public accountants and business consultants. Call 732-8900 for your appointment. Inside dining available or your favorite pickup order to go from Grumpy's Restaurant Bellingham. Open seven days a week for a full menu from burgers to steaks to seafood to Italian dishes and tasty pizzas. Getting hungry? Well, come on in today and enjoy the friendly service, reasonable prices, and great food at Grumpy's. Call ahead for pickup orders or place a reservation to dine in at 508-883-0101. Grumpy's, 190 Pulaski Boulevard in Bellingham. Grubhub delivery available. Open at noontime for lunch. Thank you for listening to the Upfront program this morning. Sorry, I'm not... Not taking any phone calls because I've got eight pages prepared. I'm at the bottom of page two. Fox News on Thursday morning scolded the state of Rhode Island and lame duck governor Gino Raimondo for its complicated push for equity, which they said was slowing down the distribution of COVID-19 vaccine. The TV news channel pointed out that West Virginia has the best model by just keeping it simple. Kiss principle. Keep it simple, stupid. By the way, congratulations to Channel 12. I'm noticing now that their reporters in the field are no longer wearing those stupid masks when they're six feet away from the person who is holding the camera. By the way, Johnson & Johnson vaccine is in transit now to states like Rhode Island from down south. I think it's Kentucky uh, that's coming from. The one-dose vaccine doesn't require much refrigeration, certainly doesn't belong in a freezer, and it's the third vaccine approved for use by the FDA, at least emergency use, they call it. Now, if you want to hear how complicated it is here in Rhode Island, all you have to do is listen to our director of the Department of Health, Nicole Scott, explain the rollout. It takes her a half an hour to explain her complicated rules. We've carried the boring press conferences, which are just doing nothing but slowing down, getting vaccine to those who want to take a COVID-19 shot. February 25th is the date on this report from the University of Illinois that claims that Chicago is the most corrupt city in America. According to WGN Channel 9, who broadcasts from Chicago, but also broadcasts nationwide on cable. Los Angeles came in second. Guess what? New York City, in spite of being closed down for a year, is in third place. The report is based on data from the Justice Department, which looked back at corruption. Uh, public corruption of individuals between 1976 and 2019. The report featured a picture of the black mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot. Since this is radio, we can't show you her picture. The report revealed that under her jurisdiction as mayor, Chicago last year saw a 55% increase in homicides. There were 26 public corruption convictions in the Northern District of Illinois, which, by the way, happens to include all of Chicago. Breitbach.com is where this story came from. By the way, did you know that Black Lives Matter drew $90 million in donations last year? Did you accidentally donate to Black Lives Matter when perhaps you donated to something else and they got some of the money? Just thought I'd Ask you to check on it. Now, listen, the reason I'm 
shortening the program and not taking calls this morning is I have a did you know to lay out in front of you. Joe Biden has signed 63 executive orders. That's more than any U.S. president in the history of America, in case you're wondering. You can read the complete list on Breitbart.com, but I thought this morning I would avoid taking phone calls and read every single one of a little one-sentence summary of each of the memorandums that he signed. These are executive orders. Number one, froze many of Trump's pending regulatory changes, including regulations to lower the cost of insulin in case you happen to be a diabetic. Number two, he introduced his controversial $1.9 trillion plan for coronavirus relief, the one I talked about as I began the program. Number three, rejoins the Paris Climate Agreement even though it's unfair to the U.S., and even though the U.S. had lowered emissions even after President Trump withdrew. Number four, the equity as a policy goal. Each federal agency must assess whether and to what extent its programs and policies perpetuate systematic barriers to opportunities and benefits for people of color and other undeserved groups. (sighs) Number five, this executive order refers to Trump travel bans on terror-prone countries as discriminatory and ends all of Trump's travel bans. I'm sure that makes you feel very safe. Number six, executive order number six, Biden requires everybody to wear a mask in federal buildings and on federal lands. Pay attention. Number seven, executive order Number seven, organizes a new COVID response and creates the position of coordinator of COVID response and counselor to the president. Number eight, stays within the World Health Organization that Donald Trump had uh, stayed away from. Number nine, revokes Trump's immigration policies. I don't have to explain that one to you. Number 10, revokes from uh, Trump's regulatory reforms. Um, those are executive orders that actually reduce the number of regulations and streamline existing federal regulations. That's all been revoked. Number 11, includes illegal aliens in the census in order to help them out during the next election. If they're illegal, they're okay to be in the census so they can get them to vote Democrat. Number 12, Revokes the Keystone XL Pipeline. You've heard so much about that, I'm not going to elaborate on it. Number 13, imposes transgender agenda on women's sports. Shame on this. Children should be able to learn, he says, without worrying about whether they'll be denied access to restrooms, the locker rooms, or even school sports, says Biden in his executive order. Number 14, this memorandum promotes more regulations. Remember, Trump, it was a two-for-one. You um, have to remove two regulations if you enact one. Not with Biden. He promotes more regulations with executive order number 14. Now, remember, he's done 63 of these. That's why I asked for more time this morning. Number 15, ethics pledge restricting lobbying. Though some senior members of the administration were involved in lobbying, number 15 restricts administration staff from lobbying for a period of time after they leave. Number 16 ends border wall construction, self-explanatory. Number 17 pauses student loan payments. If you paid off your student loans, don't you feel like a chump? Number 18, memorandum deferring deportation of Liberians. If you're from Liberia, you're all set. Number 19, memorandum preserving DACA. That reverses Trump's policy, which had declared that Obama's unilateral deferred action for childhood arrivals to be a usurpation of Congress legislative power. Well, he just throws that executive order out. Mask wearing on domestic transportation. I'm sure if you take a bus, you've already heard about this because every bus is federally subsidized. So you must wear a 
a mask when you're on a bus, uh, commercial air travel, uh, you're on a train, period. That's it. Executive Order Number 20 orders you to do that. I suppose you'd be arrested by the FBI if you don't. Executive Order Number 21 plans for more coronavirus therapies. Huh? <laughs> he wants the federal government to investigate the best options for treating the coronavirus. Okay, that's number 21. Number 22, data-driven response to COVID. Biden directs federal agencies to gather data on the coronavirus. By the way, they're already doing it. But now that's going to be led by the response coordinator I told you about earlier. Number 23, memorandum on federal funding to National Guard for COVID, normally reimbursed at 75%. FEMA now has to reimburse that at 100%. FEMA says, okay, if I'm directed to. 24, by the way, that's in violation of the Stafford Act. Number 24, executive order supplies for fighting COVID through Defense Production Act. Biden ordered the federal government to review existing medical stockpiles and fill in the gaps by using the Defense Production Act. Good luck with that. 25, executive order. Requires equity in coronavirus relief and response. It creates COVID-19 Health Equity Tax Force. We'll see how that works out. 26, creates conditions for schools to reopen. Really? <laughs> uh, number 27, promotes COVID safety in the workplace. Sure, OSHA's going to take care of that for you. 28, executive action uh, is memorandum to strengthen global response to the pandemic. Like, what do we care? What the rest of the world is doing. Seriously, they brought it here. Executive Order 29 creates a COVID-19 testing board. Wow. Number 30 promotes federal government help for the economy. What that tries to do is get the economy to recover, making relief programs more user-friendly and accessible. Oh, really? Number 31 revokes Trump's order to streamline the federal workforce. Sure, why do that? Number 32 revokes transgender military ban that was imposed by Donald Trump. Number 33, by American. Biden is ordering federal agencies to prioritize buying from American companies. Okay. <laughs> By the way, that excluded Trump's emphasis on immigration enforcement when he canceled that order. Number 34, bans travel on to South Africa. Okay. 35, memorandum banning the use of the term China virus, which I continue to use and expect to be arrested momentarily. Number 36, memorandum. This is an executive order. Promotes consultation with tribes. Good for you, Joe. 37, eliminate private prisons. Well, so much for the prison in Central Falls, I guess. Number 38, systematic racism in past federal housing. Declares that past federal housing has been racist and restored Obama-era rules, considering disparate impact to be racial discrimination. <laughs> I wonder how the housing authority is going to deal with that. Number 39 makes climate change the focus of national security. Really? Number 40 creates Council of Advisors on Science and Technology. It's called PCAST. This policy is to make evidence-based decisions guided by the best available science and data. Isn't that what they were doing? Number 41 requires evidence-based decisions in government policy. Uh, isn't that what they've been doing also? Number 42 expands Obamacare during the coronavirus. Oh, well, they wanted to do that anyway. 43 restores U.S. funding to overseas groups that have been providing abortion services. I bet you like that one if you're a Catholic. Number 44 Proclamation maintains tariffs on aluminum from the United Arab Emirates. Okay. Number 45, memorandum directs FEMA to help with COVID response. He could do that just by telling them to do it. 
All he has to do is say to Homeland Security, FEMA, do this, and that's what they got to do. Executive Order number 46 reverses public charge rule on immigration. And what that was, that it was against immigrants that would become a burden on any state. So what they're doing now is just sending them into any state and they're not asking them anymore. You've probably heard about that. Number 47 addresses root causes of migration from Central America. Really? They just want to come to America for the freebies, Joe Biden. Number 48. Could you believe we're not anywhere near 63 yet? Biden created the Interagency Task Force on Reunification of Factory of Families. Why? To help children apprehended at the border, assumes that they arrive with families, to reconnect with their families. They need an executive order for that? Number 49, expands refugee program for impact of climate change. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Resettlement of individuals displaced directly or indirectly because of climate change? This one is about as ridiculous as it gets. Must have been written by AOC. Number 50. This memorandum revitalizes the Foreign Service. Really? 51. Memorandum restructures the National Security Council, which Trump had streamlined. To make it more effective, but I guess he didn't like that one. 52, memorandum promotes LGBTQI. Okay. By the way, the I stands for intersex. But that's a new one on me. Number 53, terminates southern border emergency. Remember there was a, an emergency to build the southern border wall? This ends it. Number 54, extends national emergency in Libya. Okay. Number 55, national emergency on Burma coup. This is to inform Congress that various actions blocking economic activity relating to Burma um, has been uh, brought into play because of a recent military coup there. I never even knew there was a coup in Burma, did you? Number 56 establishes the White House Office of Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships. Wow. Number 57 reverses the Remain in Mexico policy for asylum applicants. I don't have to explain that one to you. 58 forbearance and foreclosure protection for homeowners is now extended it was to expire in March, according to the Trump administration. But now it's, I guess, forever. Number 59, revokes Trump's order on apprenticeships. What Trump was trying to do is to address a skills gap by letting industries train apprentices. Unions opposed it, so therefore, it's now illegal, thanks to executive order number 59. Number 60, executive action number 60, continues the national emergency regarding Cuba and maritime traffic. Wow. Number 61, America's supply chains directs government departments to study the U.S. supply chains on batteries, pharmaceuticals, semiconductors, rare earths, and other materials that are manufactured, where, guess where? In China. Number 62 revokes several Trump executive orders, revokes a slew of Trump-era executive orders involving the financial system to orders dealing with widespread riots of 2020. And number 63, thank God I've reached the end of this, revokes proclamation restricting immigration during the coronavirus economic, uh, for economic reasons. So what that does is it revokes President Trump's proclamation that limited immigration during and while America was recovering from the pandemic. You're listening to the Upfront program. Those are the 63 executive orders 
that you had not heard about until now. Champs Liquors for Keyway, 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket. Champs reintroduces Flip Flop Wines, a California winery that has crafted a variety of wines that are fun, fruit-flavored with amazing taste. Listen to this. We have two bottles of Flip Flop Wine for $10, including Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Pink Moscato, Regular Moscato, Chardonnay, and Pinot Grigio. Again, two bottles for $10, mix and match. Still on sale, Tisdale Wines from California in six varieties, including a Pinot Grigio, Merlot, Cabernet, White Zinfandel, Chardonnay, and Moscato choices. And yes, again, two bottles for $10. And we continue with the best price in town on Bud and Bud Light, 30-pack, $25.50 plus tax. New hours for the convenience of customers open daily at 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. For a great selection of beer, wine, and spirits, you can count on Champs Liquors, 481 Clinton Street. Have a question? Call 765 and speak to Mike, the manager. Thank you, Roger. The Benjamin Allstate Insurance Agency across from CVS Park Square will now also be serving customers from a second location. Might be more convenient to you. They're at 72 South Main Street in Bellingham. Allstate agent Jim Richardson has called it quits. He's retired. And the Benjamin Agency is now welcoming his old and new customers at uh, Jim's old location. Remember, safe drivers save 40% with Allstate. By the way, I got a $40 check from Allstate over the weekend. So you can scan, email, and bring in your present policy and see how much you're going to save. You had an accident? Inquire about Allstate's Accident Forgiveness Program. Their friendly all-women staff at both locations can provide all kinds of insurance. You may want to talk to Cara Benjamin's mother, Celeste, about investment products. They're open Monday through Friday. You can call them at 765-5000. Call them right now. And that number reaches both offices and has to be connected to the one nearest you. So if you've been looking for Allstate insurance, they even offer pet insurance, the Benjamin Allstate insurance agencies, North Smithfield and now Bellingham, are both ready to serve you. Remember, you're in good hands with Allstate. Back to the Upfront program, Arizona Judge Timothy Johnson has ruled that voting machines and ballots that were used in Mariposa County must be turned over to the Arizona State Senate for a forensic audit of over $2.1 million. Ladies and gentlemen, the nation is watching this. Comes from 100%FedUp.com. Hey, let's take a look at what America was watching over the air on TV channels last week. This comes from Show Buzz Daily. Last Sunday, CBS was the leader with 60 minutes, reaching into 9.2 million homes. Remake of The Equalizer got 7.1, make that 7.8 million TV screens. American Idol scored in third place with 6.6 million viewers. Uh, NCIS LA, 5.7 million. And America's Funniest Videos just made the cut at 5.1 million homes. Monday, 9 on Fox, scored also with 5.1 million homes. Tuesday, repeats of NCIS and FBI hit 5-plus million homes, followed by This Is Us. And then on Wednesday night, there were reruns, and nothing reached my 5 million score in order to be talked about. Thursday, Young Sheldon was on CBS. They got into 5.7 million homes, followed by B Positive 5.1 and Unicorn, both scoring just a little over 5 million. On Friday night, there were lots of reruns. Nothing reached my 5 million marker. But uh, on, uh, I might say that ABC's Shark Tank got into 4.4 million homes, in case you're wondering. Saturday, nothing broadcast in prime time reached my 5 million marker. And Sunday ratings are delayed until 2 p.m. this afternoon. Now let's talk about CPAC that was held in Orlando this weekend. I hope you had a chance to watch the Conservative Political Action Conference where the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, brought the House down on Friday with a rousing speech pointing out that Florida got it right and the lockdown states got it wrong. He predicted that Florida will have a budget surplus at the end of their fiscal year. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, Let's talk about Rhode Island. No, let's not. Florida kids have actually been in school since August. 
and uh, school masks are not required, by the way. Senior citizens are vaccinated, no problem. Businesses, including Disneyland, Orlando, all are open. On Saturday, South Dakota Governor Christy Noem, a Republican, delivered a really moving speech. He was terrific about the conservative movement in America at the CPAC conference and about how her state also never ordered the wearing of masks, never closed down any businesses, while other governors crippled America's small businesses. In fact, she allowed a nearly half million motorcyclists to come to Sturgis, South Dakota, while the rest of the country was closed to everything, humiliating the mainstream media who had all kinds of reporters there and hoped for disasters. And guess what? Nothing happened. And I reported that to you long ago. Now, on Sunday, President Trump was the keynote speaker, took the stage. Here's what he had to say. He spoke for about an hour straight uh, without taking breath, practically, and made clear that he is not organizing a third party. He's going to remain as a Republican, but he took a direct aim at rhinos, the Biden administration, and the Democratic-controlled Congress Sunday afternoon in Orlando. The Washington Times reported that a straw poll of the CPAC attendees, a third of them, found that Trump had a 68% advantage and was indeed the leader in those who they surveyed. And uh, they want him to run as president in 2024. Ron DeSantis, uh, Florida's governor, came in a distant second, by the way. Trump told the cheering crowd that Joe Biden, in one month, has taken America first to America last and said he's revamping the Make America Great movement to fight the Biden agenda. He took direct aim at slamming Democrats' transgender men infiltrating women's sports. Boy, he did a great job on that. Nearly half a million watched Trump's speech on YouTube. Unfortunately, Nielsen said they're not going to have any reports until later today, so I'll have to report those ratings to you next week. Now, I'm sure you've seen former Fox News anchor Megan Kelly. Turns out she was on HBO TV last week, if you buy it, uh, with a disturbing description of why she took her kids out of the New York City school system, revealing that she and her husband were appalled at over a three-week transgender education experiment that was more about trying to convince kids to look, come on over from their biological gender than traditional teaching, said Kelly. Kelly also explained that her eight-year-old son was deeply troubled by a class he was subjected to in the third grade. And her six-year-old son was asked to write a Cleveland Indians write to them objecting to their mascot. Are you serious? Kelly also said that a New York City school that was in the news recently that divides white people into categories. The lefties call it critical race theory, which seeks to destabilize nations by creating protected class and races and pitting them against one another. According to Christopher Rufo, the principal at the East Side School in New York, he admitted sending white parents a guide to the eight white identities. And that was it for Megyn Kelly. She withdrew her kids from the New York school system, citing this social justice stuff agenda. And her kids are now in private schools. Whatfinger.com is my source. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to call your attention to House Bill reintroduced by Representative Carolyn Maloney. She's a Democrat from New York. This year, she wants to require people to show proof of liability insurance in order to be able to buy a firearm. She introduced the bill. It's number HR 1004 with one co-sponsor, Representative Andre Carson, a Democrat from Indiana. Representative Mulney has introduced this bill before and has reintroduced it this year as the Firearms Risk Protection Act. The bill only applies, of course, to law-abiding citizens. If you're a gangster or a drug dealer and so forth, you can totally ignore this law. If it passes, whatfinger.com 
is my source. While Democrats are focused on the $15 minimum wage dreams, the virus pandemic did not change the trajectory where the restaurant industry was headed. But it did force years of change into a very short period. Wait till you hear this. Restaurants embracing artificial intelligence and automation to revolutionize their business models. Here's a new report from the payments company D-Square entitled Future of Restaurants. It discusses an overview of how technology is sweeping through the restaurant industry. Wakefield Research surveyed very carefully 500 restaurant owners and managers across the country. What did they learn? 91% of the respondents said they have made or are planning to make investments in kitchen automation technology. You know what that means? People are going to lose their jobs. Here's a summary of what else the survey revealed. 75% of the restaurants plan on offering contactless ordering and payment options. What's that do for waitresses? 59% of consumers are willing to buy items that are not part of the restaurant's core offerings. No, it's maybe buy a restaurant hat or a shirt. How about 42% of the restaurants planning to invest in customer loyalty programs? Some restaurants already do that. You get points if you go to their restaurants. Restaurants that are using online ordering for delivery and takeout expect 62% of their revenue to come through those channels in the future. The survey revealed 67% of consumers prefer to use a restaurant's own website or app for food delivery. And 92% of restaurant owners and managers are open to experimenting with getting rid of their menus. And 88% of the restaurants would consider completely switching from physical to digital menus. Not interesting? Well, what do you know? A few weeks ago, when I pointed out that free COVID-19 shots actually cost over $159, guess what? If you are a journalist and you want to sit in on a presidential press conference that rarely anybody has ever had a chance to do, it's going to cost you $170 for a Chinese flu shot before you can take your seat. Remember, I'm the one that told you maybe... Ten weeks ago on this program, that an average flu shot costs about 150 bucks. Well, finally, my story's been certified by the Biden administration, who up till now has never said a word about how much a flu shot costs. But now you know, because Biden says it'll cost you $170 to take a flu shot if you want to sit in on one of his press Conferences. The Roast House is open seven days a week and they're featuring inside dining and, of course, takeout. To make a reservation to dine in or place an order at the Roast House, call 508-883-7700 and check out the menu online at theroasthouse.com. Thank you for your support during this period of transition. The Roast House, Front Street and Blackstone. We welcome back old and new customers for inside dining and takeout. Hey, if you're looking for a place to store items... While you're remodeling or renovating or, or you've found stuff you want to store outside of your house so you can have more room inside of your house, we have the answer for you. A&R Trailer Rental. All right, they offer temporary storage, and it's available at a fraction of the cost that you would pay at a storage facility. Call Al Gagnon. He can drop off a container on your property. You can fill it up. Al can store it for you, or you can keep it on your property if you've got the room. Here's the number to call, 401-766-1919 for more information. I'll repeat it, 766-1919. That's the perfect solution for you to use for whatever it is that you need to store outside your home, or Al will store it for you. 
Home decor personally tailored to your style. That describes interiors by Glow. She offers a wide variety of interior design opportunities, including products made exclusively for your home's interior and exterior while working within your budget. Tell Glow what your budget is, and she'll work with you to make your dream become a reality. Products and services provided include draperies and top treatments, custom chair cushions, decorative pillows, tailor-made slipcovers, as well as upholstery and furniture restoration. She also offers wall and tabletop home decor accents, one-of-a-kind artist creations, and Glow's own handmade candles. Something for everyone. Interiors by Glow offers styles of cellular shades, window shadings, vertical and faux wood blinds. All professionally measured and installed. Consultation services for interior design and decorating also available both virtually and in home. To schedule an appointment, call Glow at Interiors by Glow at 401-766-0106 or visit their showroom located at 275 Social Street, Woonsocket. That phone number again, 401-766-0106. All right, thank you for listening. I'm sorry I was unable to take calls today. I had way too much to share with you. Here's my final story. Sidney Powell on Erskine Podcast says, that you can watch it, by the way, by going to whatfinger.com. She dropped this bombshell that you will not read about. Here's what she told viewers. There is enough evidence in the cases before the judges around the nation or enough evidence in the public now to more than reverse the election in at least five states. She said the election turned due to fractionalized votes. That's exactly what we have here from a computer algorithm. And she says that she can prove it in multiple counties and can prove it across the country if anybody will issue an order allowing inspection of the machines. The fact that Dominion and other companies are not allowing inspection of their voting equipment ought to tell everybody in America all they need to know. Federal law calls for election records to be kept for 22 months. In this case, it requires forensic evaluations of the machines and looking at all the paper ballots. She said, well, we'll just keep running the same counterfeit bill through the same counting machine if you're doing what they did in Georgia. Powell scolded the Supreme Court, saying they just stuck their head in the sand when they had a chance to shed light on what she calls a flawed election. We've not heard the last from Sidney Powell, who said she has 5,000 citizens that have signed affidavits claiming massive election fraud. Want to read the whole story? Go to thegatewaypundit.com. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to the Upfront program. I'll see you next 99. week. 99.9 FM, W260DC. WNRI, Woonsocket.